What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us for the Customizing Culture Podcast by Heat Press Nation. I'm your host, Jared Barbosa, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Uh, he's everybody's favorite uncle slash cousin. Uh, we're here with none other than the self-employed tax guy, a.k.a. Tyrone Gregory. Tyrone, dude, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, man, thank you for having me. This is an honor, definitely an honor. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Trust me, the honor is all ours. <laughs> if you guys don't know, and I'll let him introduce himself right now, uh, but if you guys don't know, uh, Tyrone, through his channel, has just imparted so much gold nuggets uh, into the into the community, into the, especially the small business community and the Heat Press t-shirt community. Uh, so we're just really grateful to have him. And we're hoping to get some of those gold nuggets on the podcast today. But for people who don't know you or this is their first introduction to you, can you tell us a little bit about what you're about? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, man, I cannot thank you enough for having me on here, man. It's truly a pleasure. But as he stated, Tyrone Gregory, the self-employed tax guy, I am a tax preparer, right? That's pretty much what I do, enrolled agent with the IRS. Um, but I also have a passion for the small business community, right? So my channel is completely built on providing information on how to be successfully self-employed. That's pretty much what I do. And you do very well. I appreciate it. Yeah. So so if I, if I may ask, like, can you walk us through your journey into being like a tax preparer? Is that something that you like fell into? Is it something that you were just like, oh, I just want to help people with this? Like, no, I'll I, be honest with you, man. Tax accounting wasn't something, it, it wasn't a career choice. This mm -hmm. just so happened by happenstance. Like I've always loved entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. but I love working with my hands. So I had started um, my own construction company. Well, let me not say construction because in California you had to have a license and I didn't have a license. <laughs> okay. So they kind of, uh, demoted me down to a maintenance company, but I was still able to work with my hands. And, and in doing that journey, uh, I had just got married and my wife, she said, well, have you filed your taxes? And I was like, yeah, yeah. In the back of my mind, like, no, I didn't. So let me go get this <laughs> done. Right. And I thought I knew what I was doing. Read all the publications, thought I had everything, submitted my taxes and I got audited. And it was like Ooh. the absolute, uh, as far as financial goes, the absolute worst situation to be in, getting audited by the IRS and had That's to do all this. That's a nightmare for a lot of small businesses. It is. Yeah. It is. And I, and I tell everybody, it, it is a process, but don't freak out. Just, just don't freak out. Whatever you do, don't freak out. And so after going through the process, I told my wife, I was like, you know what? Before I go through this again... I'm going to learn exactly everything I need to do. So I went and enrolled into a tax class, learned it, and it, it really just changed my whole trajectory. Because mm -hmm. my teacher, he was like, man, you really should just try to work with us for a season. And I was like, no, I got my own company. I'm doing all these jobs and managing that. And he was like, man, look, it's only four months. January, mm -hmm. we'll give it a try. I was like, ah. I said, all right, let me see. And when I started interacting with the clients and uh, small business clients would come in and I'm excited. I'm like, oh, did you know you could do this? Like, no, nobody ever told me. And I'm like, what? What you mean? Like, how do you not know this? But I was like, oh, I didn't know that, yeah. you know, until I learned it. And yeah. it kind of took off from there, man. I really, I was like, you know what? After that one season, I let go of the construction business. Mm -hmm. I had family members working with me, so I completely let them like, y'all can take over. I'm going to focus on this full time, man. And it took off from there. So how long have you been in the tax preparation business then? I have been preparing taxes a little over 15 years now. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Good. So yeah. see, so you guys can rest assured we're getting information from a vet, all right? <laughs> 15 years doing anything. I think that makes you a vet. Yeah, right? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. There's, there's still, some, still some people in the game that, that's been there longer than me. So I still got people I look up to for sure. Nice. Yeah. Now you, you call yourself a serial entrepreneur. Yes. So- on that, I, I and I love that. By the way, I feel I feel like we're cut from the same cloth. Before we came on camera, we were talking about like some of like my like I got a nice list of failed businesses. Same right? year, same year. But then I appreciate what you said. You call them learning experiences. Absolutely. So, uh, can you walk us through some of your Absolutely. learning experiences? Like I said, but I I've been wanting to be an entrepreneur for as long as I can remember. I think uh, probably at the age of twelve or thirteen when I first learned what the word meant, mm -hmm. right? And I was that was a thing of mine. I always drew up plans. I remember sitting at the table. Um, you from California? I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Right, so we know Six Flags, yeah, Magic oh, yeah, Mountain. Yeah. Like when I was, we we used to go to Magic Mountain a lot, and I used to hate the walk 
right? So I said, you know what? At the table, I sit down, and this is, I'm dating myself here. The Flintstones was one of my favorite cartoons. And so I sat down at the table and I drew out a kind of like a stroller, but it was based on Dino or Dino. Oh, Dino, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dino, right? And so that was my first venture into trying to start a business, and I was going to have that be a rental booth at Magic Mountain. (laughs) To to take people through the park? Yeah, to take people through the park, yeah. So that was my first adventure. So um, me being an entrepreneur is something I've always loved, always wanted, and I have attempted uh, many of businesses. <laughs> Can you give us a few examples? Or? Oh, man, let's see. What well, the, the construction one. Well, actually, okay. that, that was the first one. That was me starting my own business in construction. Um, it's funny. I just recently went through my storage unit, and I found, like, a multitude of business cards. So construction was one. Car detailing. Um, okay. What else did I have? Another one, general cleaning, like janitorial, mm-hmm. right? Um then I had one that was just doing consulting. Uh, gee, I'm trying to think. It was so many. Did you ever try like heat pressing T-shirts? I, I know you, you're wearing your, yeah, your shirt today. Yeah, this shirt was made with a heat press. Love it, love Man, it. And th- I mean, heat pressing wasn't mine. So when I bought the heat press, it was actually recommended. I don't know if you know the gentleman Stan Banks from T-shirt yes, side yes, hustle. T-shirt side hustle. Yeah, yeah, man. He he, because my daughter. Wanted to get into making clothing at the time. She was 13, really was into unicorns. And she was like, Dad, I want to do something. You know, me being an entrepreneur father, start your own. You know, I'll invest. So I went in and um, consulted with Stan. And he was like, yeah, get you a heat press from Heat Press Nation. And so I ordered one. And it was funny. I ordered it. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I ordered it. And it just sat there for a year. (laughs) Right, because like you know, as much as we as parents are entrepreneurs, that don't mean our kids are going to pick up that same gene. Yeah. I encourage it a lot. So it sat there for a year, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna use it then. Yeah, and that's man. So then after having a conversation, like I said, with Stan, and just thinking of the idea, like I have this machine sitting here. What can I do? And of course, the IRS allows us to deduct uniforms. So why not make my own uniform? Oh, there we go. Now I'm now I'm branding, right? So I have my own brand. I'm creating it myself and I'm deducting it. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> he presses sitting in the office and every time I feel like I want a new shirt to put on for a new video, I press my own shirt right there. Love it. Love yeah. it. But you never did that as a business. Never did it as, as a business, business. Okay. yet. 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 Yet cuz that's yet. we're talking about serial entrepreneurship. That is the thing is like in every industry, you can always find an aspect to make what you do more broader. Mm-hmm. Well, I like, think about it. We use Vaseline. Like, that is a product of petroleum jelly for gas. But they was like, instead of wasting it, let's convert it into a product. I did not know that. And now we have that, right? So we have this that industry. everything. Jeez. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's like when we do that, when I tell you serial entrepreneurship, like, what can you do? Yes, you're going to mm-hmm. have your... MVP, your minimum viable product. That is the core attribute product or service of your business. But what is the runoff? Don't just throw it in the trash. Make money from it. That's so good. You know, like absolutely make money from it. That's what all some of the major companies do. Think about what Kraft Foods, they started off with one and now multitude of a selection from something Mm -hmm. else. So we as small businesses can do the same to win. Love it. Dude, the, see, these are the kind of nuggets that I'm talking about. Like, I, it's funny. It comes so naturally from you. Like, oh, this, this is not, I'm here like, whoa, like, yeah. Like, I never <laughs> thought about it like that. I mean, but think about it, man. People, failing to some people is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of people don't like to fail. I'm used to it by now. Right. But, but that's the thing, though. We're talking about you learned from it. When you yeah. told me your story, you, you started this business, you started that business. And I mean, I love to hear that because you know how many people don't start it all because they're scared of failing. Oh, man, that's And that's true. not saying, but you know what? I guarantee every time that you failed, you took that lesson and you applied it towards your mm-hmm. next business, which puts you just that much closer to being successful. Yeah, it's funny you said that your, your, your heat press was in the box for like a year. Yeah. I get that call or that email or that, that uh, comment so much. It's like, because we have, so I, I, we do like a quick plug. Uh, we do weekly classes here. So I oh, really? actually, I give like four classes a week. We do right I should, now. I should have been in one. Yeah. At the time of this video or of this podcast, we're doing one for sublimation, white toner, and heat presses. But one of them we do twice. Anyways, 
That's nice. So, so we have people coming in the classes, and they're like, oh, good, my, my cutters or my heat press or whatever has been sitting in the box for a year, for two Damn. years. It's been in the garage, and I'm like, <gasps> dude, I would have messed up. I would have, like, started, like, four failed businesses in a year. Like, right. And so that's why, like, when you say, like, it was in there, like, oh, man, like, you're right. Like, I guess it yeah. is a good thing to just get out there and try it. Man, that's where most successful people, if you look at it, they have failed so many times. Yeah. So look, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg failed, right? Jeff Bezos failed. You can research them and look at the history of businesses they've attempted, and they failed so many times before they get it right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm if I can encourage anybody to do anything, DFO, don't freak out. <laughs> That's what I tell everybody: <laughs> don't good. freak out. Just do it. If you fall, so what? Get back up. Just don't yeah. stay down. Yeah. All right, so you're a serial entrepreneur. You, you're you're developing businesses. You land on the good one, right? So you so you've been doing. You, you mentioned you've been doing tax preparation for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like doing the math, but it's obviously before YouTube, right? <laughs> so what yeah. what kind of led you to sharing like the information on YouTube and just making it public and like making it free? You know what? Uh, great question. And my journey to YouTube began because before I became self-employed. I want to make this clear. Like I haven't always been an entrepreneur in the, in the, in the sense of being self-employed. Like I have had corporate jobs. Right. Um, and so before, before being on my own, I did work for one of the big box tax companies. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's why I took my training at. That's why I started that first season at, and my journey there, it, it was the greatest time. Had met some of the greatest people, but I was in a box. Like, I like to do things, right? Um, and the journey to YouTube came to that because, like I said, I would always have my business clients. And so we would see them once a year. That's normally when you see your clients is once a year. But they wouldn't remember the information I was telling them from the visit. And so I was like, there has to be a way for me to provide this information to them on a, that they can access on a year-round basis. Mm-hmm. So I was asking, you know, uh, my management team, the corporate team, like, how can we put together something to provide these business owners, like, throughout the year, here's what you need to do, here's what you need to know, so that way when you come sit down with your tax repair, you're prepared. Yeah. There's no shocks. Because the one thing, when you sit down with your tax repair, that year's already done. We yeah. can't go back and, and really correct anything. You've already spent that money. You've already did that thing, right? So I said, you know, I'm going to make a video. And I said, now, where am I going to put this? I didn't want to pay for none of the, the hosting services. I was oh, like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to do that because I'm not trying to, you know, it wasn't my goal wasn't to make money. It was like, I just want to educate. So I said, YouTube is free. And I posted it on YouTube, not really paying attention to the fact that YouTube was the type of platform that it is mm-hmm. where the algorithm would kick in and it would share the video to other people. Cause I put it there and I just told my customers when you need to know information, go check out this video. Mm-hmm. And when I put that video on YouTube, it really, uh, it kind of took off like yeah. people. And that's when, that's what started it. People was like, well, what about this? Because nobody's ever told me about that. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, well, I can. I guess I can do a video about that. Let me explain this. And based on the community is how the YouTube grew. Because every video I did was because somebody in the community was curious about it. Mm. So su- just super organic development there. Absolutely. Yeah. Like no advertising. That's the best no, kind. None of the, yeah, and I said, I really appreciate that, man. So, I, you know, shout out to, shout out to the self-employed community, <laughs> man, because they did that. Yeah. Yeah, and that was about 2016, I want to say, right? 2016. It yeah. was funny because after that first video, again, I had no intention. Really, the name, the self-employed tax guy, came from my community. Mm-hmm. I wanted to start a business, and I called it Action from Square One, mm-hmm. AFSO, and I got church and everything I had made because I wanted people to take action from where they were. Mm-hmm. which was square one. We started at square one, take action from square one. That was my uh, uh, consulting phase, or I wanted to be like the life coaching because I went and got certified to be a life coach and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So I wanted that to be my business, which is another lesson. Sometimes what you want and what your audience want is two separate things, right? Yep. So I tried to really force the action from square one 
onto my YouTube audience. And they like, nah. <laughs> nah, we, we don't want to hear nothing about that. Just collectively, you know? Yeah, yeah. We, we, don't, we don't care about all that. Just let's stick to the tax and the business side. And so one day, uh, one of the, the community members, they was like, man, we just going to call you the self-employed tax guy. Because that's, that's what you're talking about. You're giving us. You're helping the self-employed. And I was like, all right. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, all right. The <laughs> self-employed tax guy it is, and I completely rebranded. Wow. Let go of action from square one, focused on the self-employed tax guy, and here I am. Wow. Yeah. And so when did when did that change come about, being the self-employed tax guy? Oh man. So I posted the first video in 2016. I'm gonna say probably maybe 2018. So okay. you see, I fought that while. for two years. <laughs> yeah, I fought that like mm, this ain't what I want. Yeah. You know, but the audience loving it. Actually, I didn't realize, you know, that it's it's my passion. I find this the easiest thing to talk about. Yeah. And I'm still doing what I wanted to do, just in a different purpose. Yeah. yeah. Man, and it definitely flows real natural from you. And so it makes sense that, oh yeah, that's what everybody would lock on to. Right, right. Dude, the 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 quality of the content is is really high, especially in the sea of like uh, like the current, like, cause there's lots of like tax and like personal finance, small business finance influencers out there. And I'm like, yo, where did you get your certification? Like on a cereal <laughs> box? Like, like, dude, did you, is, are you from a like, YouTube university? Like, like, like where in the heck are you getting these ideas from? Cause I don't claim to be like super, I know all things about taxes, right, right. but I know at least enough to know when someone's like just shooting just garbage info. Right. So to find like a reliable source like yourself oh, man, thank has you. been very valuable to me just as my own, having my own side hustle. Right. And I'm going to ask you some tax questions later. Let's right? go. Good, yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I noticed that in, in a good chunk of your videos, you're like battling misinformation. Yes. Yes. Which is very much needed, especially in today's like social media landscape. Is that like one of the main things that drives you or what would you say is like the main thing that drives you to just keep putting out content? I would say it is definitely one of the main thing that drives me. Um, what drives me the most is to see minority entrepreneurs succeed, mm -hmm. right? Because we are the most underserved. And it's because of that misinformation. Mm -hmm. Like we'll take this this one little 40 second clip that seems exciting because of the lifestyle marketing and people are showing, hey, I got this Lamborghini, you can get it too. <laughs> and it's like, Ah, oh, if it was just that easy, you know, right, right, right. So that is definitely what drives me. It's a lot of, a lot of misinformation, a lot of misconceptions, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to what people are saying about taxes, mm -hmm. right? Like you can do this and save money, and like one of my favorite sayings is "run the numbers." Yeah, like one of the biggest things out there, and this uh, probably not no more because the tax laws have changed, but. Uh, just last year, right? Everybody wanted to buy the G-Wagon. Dude, okay. So one of my <laughs> wife's old friends, uh, she was, oh, dude, all over her Instagram. She was floating her, not floating. She was just like showing off her G-Wagon that she got. Oh, it's tax right off. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm, 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 I don't know, bro. Like, and see, that's the thing. Like, it's, it is. It absolutely is. And that's what, that's, that's what I combat for me personally. Like, what people are saying is true, but there is a big but to that, mm -hmm. right? And that's why I come in like, yes, you can write off a G-Wagon if it's used for business purposes, but let's run the numbers. In order to write off a G-Wagon, you have to make a certain amount. Mm -hmm. So I like to run a scenario. Let's just say you make quarter million dollars a year because that's about what a G-Wagon costs. So at a quarter million dollars a year, tax on that would probably be $50,000, Right. So like I really let's do the math. Let's say the tax is fifty thousand dollars on that. Fifty thousand dollars is what you owe in taxes. You go buy a G Wagon to zero that out. You can't do it. That is absolutely true. But let's again run the numbers. The G Wagon itself is gonna cost you about two hundred and fifty thousand. So when you look at reality, you spent two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to get rid of fifty. Hmm. <laughs> you, you, but, they, don't, but, they don't tell you that but they, oh they don't tell you that that's and that's funny. what i think but that's what keeps us as minorities minorities mm -hmm. because instead of just paying the 50 and keeping the 200 you've now put yourself in deficit yeah you've now created debt for yourself because it looked good and but 
that's how people make their money. They get you excited, right? We yeah. wanna we want the G Wagon. We wanna be successful. So let me go out and do these things, not knowing on the back end, you just really that's like saying, Man, I owe you a dollar, but I'm gonna give you a hundred dollars so I can get rid of that debt. But we we laugh sense. at that when yeah. we say it that way, but that's that's a lot of times what happens in the tax world. So so going back to your G, so I'm curious now. So the G wagon person, right? Mm-hmm. They made two fifty, got rid of their fifty thousand dollar debt, but then they spent so two hundred fifty. Yeah, spent two fifty for the so, G wagon. When you look at if you even if you buy the G wagon, all right, two hundred fifty thousand. Think about it, because let's say you made two fifty. Yeah. Right, and you got cash two hundred fifty. You went and bought a G wagon for two fifty. Only thing you did was get rid of fifty thousand dollars in debt, but you spent two hundred fifty thousand to do that. So you have zero. Yeah, so you zeroed out. Now you own those. Across the board, you're zeroed out because you made no money that year. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it is true. You broke with the G-Wagon. But uh, there you go. You (laughs) broke with a G-Wagon. Wow. And the thing about that is, it's like, well, now you have that. What you going to do next year? Because if your goal is to continue to make money, hopefully you make $250,000 next year. What you going to do? Go buy a new G-Wagon? Sell this one. But hey, think about that. Good point, because people don't talk about that either. If you depreciated it to get that $250,000 oh, write-off, see, see. and then you sell it, now you got depreciation recapture, which is going to be like a capital gain. So, but but they don't talk about that. I need to call you before I spend any major money. You so know you what? can talk me out of it, Man, bro. Like... What, highlight that clip, because <laughs> that is the key. Before you spend any dime, talk to a professional. Yeah. Because sometimes you may not like, okay, people are like, oh, especially December, how much money do I need to spend so I don't have to owe? I'm like, well, let's do the math. If you if you plan on spending $2,000, what if you only owe $200? Mm-hmm. I'd rather you just pay the $200 and keep eighteen in your pocket. Reinvest that. Yeah. Pay off your debt. You know, grow up. Yeah, every, everybody's into like, like. Not cheating. Well, yeah, like cheating the tax man or like like getting around tax. Like, oh, it's like a everybody's looking for like the cheat code and like the secret sauce, the back door, and it's just like it just doesn't exist. Yeah, if I have to be honest with people, it really doesn't exist. Like people make it seem like it's a cheat code because they wasn't aware that they could do such a thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like depreciation was a real big term a couple of years ago because nobody was like, oh. I didn't know I could depreciate that. It's not a cheat code. It's been in the code for years. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunately that your preparer maybe didn't have that conversation with you. Mm. Right. Or maybe you were just like, oh, I'm going to just do it myself on TurboTax because I didn't want to pay nobody. But it's not a cheat code because it exists. Yeah. You know, that's why I say have, before you spend that dime, have that conversation. Because there are things that do exist that we can sit up here and we can strategize over. Um, that may be able to save you some dollars before you go out there spending all this unnecessary money. Mm. That's really good. Spending unnecessary money. Even people yeah. who call in or they talk to me about like buying a heat press. Like I'm not trying to get you to spend unnecessary money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you do what works with your business. That part. Yeah. That part. But that's the key. You have to know what works with your business. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't know. Um, they kind of wing it. They just go out there and they have this idea like, hey, I'm going to go do this, and I need to spend all this amount of money. I'm like, let's let's slow down first. Let's do an assessment, uh, see where you are, what your needs. Mm-hmm. Have you identified uh, the, the service and product that the customer is going to need, your price points? Because this is so many things that go into a business. Man. But again, I learned all this <laughs> because I started so many failed businesses <laughs> learning as I go. Well, man, that's so good because – in our industry, and I'm speaking for myself as somebody who has already launched like three t-shirt brands and failed them all. Some, it's so easy to get excited off of like, oh, I have one cool design Absolutely. and I'm going to quit my job now. And it's yeah. like, whoa, bro, yeah. you got to ask the right question. Tell me about Tarzan. I call that Tarzan. <laughs> what do I Tarzan? Because Tarzan is like, you know, when we look at Tarzan, he swings from branch to branch, uh-huh. but he never lets go of the branch until he has a good grip on the other one. Mm-hmm. So I say to be when you're doing that, don't ever let go oh, of this that's good. until you have a firm grasp <laughs> on this. Because if you do, you will hit the flow. <laughs> gold, man, these are the gold nuggets, you hey, guys. You will Jeez hit the Louise. flow, yeah. Some people say that, like, don't do that. Just be like Tarzan. Yeah. Yeah. So you're on a you're on a crusade, man. You're on a crusade against unnecessary. LLC formation. 
Now, for dummies like me, okay. Uh, first of all, what is an LLC? And second of all, what? Okay, let's go. For dummies like me, what is an LLC? First of all, and then second of all, why do so many people think they need one? Oh man, an LLC. The the legal term is is a limited liability company. And there's an, and I'm say there's a very key distinction because it's not a limited liability corporation. It's a limited liability mm, okay. company. And there's a very reason for that distinction. But the reason why a lot of people think that they need LLCs is because of social media, um, because of propaganda, because of fear, right? Mm. The, the key word is limited liability. So people think, oh, if I have a, if I have an LLC, I'm 100% protected. Mm -hmm. And I say, you know, it's in the name, limited. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's not 100%. It, you, yeah. there, there is limited, so it does provide some level of protection, but that's only if it's set up properly. And that's what I think a lot, I'm going to say 99.9% .9 of the people fail to set up their uh, LLC property, and it's not just the paperwork that makes your LLC properly functioned, mm -hmm. right? So my crusade is to tell people stop doing that, yeah, because it is in the beginning it causes more harm than it does produce more income. Okay, you know, so there yeah. is a it's just, there's no need for an LLC in the beginning. It's just not. Right. If you if you realize if you want to start a business, I say form a DBA, mm -hmm. which stands for doing business as. Mm -hmm. And what a DBA does is it allows you to still go out there in the world, in the commerce world, and transact business in the name of a business outside of yourself. Like I could be Tyrone Gregory doing business as the self-employed tax guy. And I can open up a bank account. I can get a business card. I can get a website. See, I can do all of that without having to pay for an LLC and then be that $800 a year here in California. Yeah. And so these LLC like champions, like that's one of the other things that they tell you is like, oh, so you can go because they'll, they'll even tell you in the steps like, yeah, go get an LLC, go to the bank, all that stuff. And it's like an LLC is always their first step. It is. And so then when I came across your content of like, don't do it, I'm like, but why? And then, and of course, as you as you go deeper, you realize the answers. Yeah. Uh. So like, okay. So you're saying start start business as a DBA. I've been seeing a lot of content lately about S corp. Like, oh, <laughs> what's an S corp, and why is that also not great for starting out? Um, an S corp. Let me say this: an S corp is not an entity. It is a tax election. That makes sense. Like okay. you cannot form an S corp at the state level. There is no application that you can fill out, submit to a secretary of state and say, I'm going to be an S corp. You're either going to be an LLC, uh, C corporation, a regular corporation or a partnership. And then you submit an application to the IRS to say, I want to be taxed as an S corp. And the reason uh, that okay. is because, um, LLCs, um, from the IRS perspective, they're considered disregarding entities. LLCs are treated the same as a sole proprietor in the eyes of the IRS. Absolutely oh. no difference at all. So there's no tax advantage? Not a one. As a, as a as LLC, not a one. That's why I say, oh, you can get your LLC and you can get all these taxes. <laughs> and I'm like... Don't work like that because people, people make it seem like, oh, if you get your LLC, if you spend $100 in gas as a sole proprietor, as an LLC, you get to write off $200 in gas. And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's still going to be a $100 deduction. Like, it, it doesn't yeah. work like that. But an S-Corp comes into play because it can help you reduce self-employment tax. I will mm -hmm. say, and I, I'm very transparent when I say that all of these things have their place in the business world. It's just that you don't want to start off with it. Mm, it's okay. like giving your teenager uh, who's just now learning how to drive the keys to the Lamborghini. Oh, you know, it it, mm. it, it it doesn't make sense for that. So an S-Corp is what's called a pass-through entity. And I know it's about to get technical with the terms, but it's a... They could, you guys could Google. <laughs> Google. We're, we're going to put subtitles of like these terms. You guys yeah, could exactly, Google it. Pause. Exactly. 
It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. Pause Google. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so pass through means that the earnings of the business pass through to its owner mm-hmm. or owners, depending on how many of it is. But with an S Corp, well, let me back up. As a single member LLC, like if it's just you, you haven't had the S corporation, you're an LLC, you're subject to self-employment tax on your net earnings. Mm-hmm. Not the gross, but after you subtract out your expenses, what's left over, that's what the tax is applied to. But when you get to a certain income level, of course, that that the, the taxes go up. So you can reduce that mm-hmm. by having an S corp. And what an S corp does is Allows you to pay yourself a wage, and mm-hmm. that's the only so the amount that you elect to have yourself receive as a wage, that's the amount that'll be subject to the self employment tax. The other amount, which is considered passive income because the IRS treats you as investing into a corporation, mm-hmm. so that passive amount, yeah, it still gets reported on your tax return, but it's not subject to the self employment tax. Mm, so you it. get to save money in that instance. But here's why I'm so against it, because people will form their LLC that they don't need (laughs) and immediately opt to have it taxed as an S-Corp, which they don't need. So what happens is when you have an S-Corp, you have to put yourself on payroll. So now you just create an additional expense. Mm -hmm. Now when you have an S-Corp, S-Corps file separate tax returns. So now you just create an additional expense because you're filing a separate tax return and they aren't cheap. For yeah. S-Corporation tax returns. The S-Corporation kicks out a K-1 that goes to your personal tax return. So just now you just added additional complexity to your personal tax return that you have to pay for. The S-Corp also, when you're filing the tax return, you can look at it. You can Google IRS.gov, type in form 1120S, and look at the form and everything that comes with it. So you have to have bookkeeping because there's a balance sheet that you have to keep on there. So now you're adding all of these additional expenses to your overhead that you're not even benefiting from. And you're only selling 40 shirts a year. Exactly. And so people were like, well, it saved me 1500 Yeah, but it cost you 3000 So it's like, look yep. look at the cost. So like what I'm trying to get, uh, especially minority entrepreneurs to do is, you know, let's, let's really structure this out, right? To me, there's mm-hmm. three stages in business. There's the infancy stage, the adolescent stage, and then there's the grown folk stage. When you're in infancy, you you don't want to spend no money. Yeah. You're just developing your idea. You're just understanding who your target customer is. Just do the research. Yeah, you'll spend a little money going to the networking events. You'll spend a little money maybe doing some research here and there, but not on no entities and stuff that's not going to benefit yeah. you. Right? In the adolescent stage, now that you understood your customers, you made a few sales, let's do the DBA. Yeah. Right, because now we can start building the brand. We can get customers used to the brand. We're still saving money. We're still operating as a business. And then once we reach my my cap, my threshold is a hundred thousand net profits. Wow, that's a lot of money. Right. I mean, but it makes sense when yeah. when you when you run the numbers, a hundred thousand net profits. You will actually save money forming the LLC. And having to be taxed as an S corp, that's where the savings come in. So if you're not reaching a hundred, and again, that's not gross. I'm mm-hmm. talking net. Net, yeah. That's after everything has been subtracted. If you're not reaching that number, you should not be an S corp. You should not be an LLC. Wow. You had this. You had this one thing that you posted, which I thought was just mind blowing. You're like, what's 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 a better goal? Yeah. Forming an LLC <laughs> or making a hundred grand? And that blew my mind because so many t- like. Cause it does feel cool when I, when I first started like my very first business and I got my California resale certificate, right. Mm. And it had my business name on there. I was like, Oh, look who's fancy now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was pumped, dude. Yeah. And then I thought, Oh cool. Next I'm gonna do this. And, and I, and I wanted anything with my company name on it. Right. Cause it felt cool. And you know what, man, right? same here, same here, man. Uh, that's why I said when I had so many corporations, like I've had, like people say I'm against LLC. I've had LLCs. I've had corporations. Mm-hmm. Like I've had that. But because of that sentiment, I thought that by the mere fact of uh, me getting that paper from the California Secretary of State saying congratulations, <laughs> I was, man, I'm, I'm, a cor- I'm a CEO. Yeah. I'm a boss. You know, <laughs> look at me. And that's all 
I had yeah. was the right to say that. I had no income. I had no business. Mm-hmm. I had no product, had no customer, but I had a paper saying so. Right. So when I yeah. say, would you rather have, you know, let me, y'all don't mind if we get a little serious right now. Do I'm, it. I'm, I'm Do it say, man. Okay. So that reference is kind of like dating, right? You, when, when, when you're dating, you can date to marry mm-hmm. or you can date to have a one-night encounter. Tell the young folks, bro. Tell <laughs> I'll say this. But think about it, right? Because yeah. when you date to marry, you move completely different. Like you mm-hmm. you yep. are thinking different. You're thinking ahead. You're planning. You 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 have a lot more patience. Like the goal is different. Yes. Right? Yes. Except for when you date to have that one-night encounter, it's, it's, it's a meh, you know, okay, I'm going to go out here, get it, and if that one night encounter happens, cool, I did it. Now the thrill is gone. I ain't put that much energy towards it, right? Mm-hmm. That's the same with the LLC. If you get the LLC, then yeah, okay, I've achieved that, right? Like we were yeah. saying, oh, look at me, I'm CEO, I'm boss. But after a while, that fades away because nothing else is happening. Yeah. Versus if your goal is the $100,000 to me, which is like the marriage, because that's the goal. Yeah. You do things differently. You move differently. You think differently. And even if that one night encounter happens because it wasn't the goal, you still have enough energy and effort to move forward with it. So people who get the LLC, and I've seen it so many times at my desk, uh, even just recently you saw somebody, they're like, yeah, I got an LLC. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing? Let's run the numbers. And I'm like, how is this benefiting you? And they're like, well, I guess it's really not. I said, well, yeah, now you owe the state of California this amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tax bill just went up this amount. They was kind of upset. And I'm like, well, why did you get the LLC? And they're like, just because what everybody said I needed. Puts it on the business card. It makes it look yeah, and, and you say it looks good. <laughs> and I'm they're like, oh, yeah, LLC helps with your marketing. And I'm like... That's no. What what helps with your marketing is your brand. Like, do you provide a good quality yeah. service? Do you provide a good quality product? Because like a lot of companies don't advertise at their LLCs. That what we that, that we spend money with. Yeah. Like, think about it. Like when when I bought heat press, when I bought my heat press machine, I didn't check to see if y'all was an LLC. Yeah, right? You know, I just wanted the machine because it's gonna help me do what I do. So uh, we have a lot of misconception about that. But yeah. I say the hundred thousand dollars. In that analogy that I just gave, that's that's the marriage goal. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you have that, everything is different. I don't want if my LLC is the goal when I get it, now what? Yeah, yeah exactly. Versus right. if a hundred thousand dollars is my goal, I have a yeah. whole bunch of other things I gotta think about how I'm gonna achieve that. Yeah. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Which would you rather have? Yeah. And hopefully And, and there's definitely by the time you hit that hundred thousand, you've learned a gazillion exactly. more lessons along exactly. the way than just same with marriage. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I like how I like how you have like a, an attainable goal threshold, hundred thousand. Yes. So hundred thousand net, right? Is that the only one? Are there any other like key signs that people maybe there's people who out there who are at that? They're like, hey, I'm getting close to my to that hundred thousand net mark. Um, or they're forecasting, hey, this year I'm forecasted to be Man, doing I that. I love that word, yeah. Like, what what kind of person should be looking into, investigating an LLC, like, for real? You know, you, you said the perfect word, forecasting. Okay. You know, and the reason I say, uh, or the reason I like the word forecasting is because if you get to an S-Corp status, again, a lot of people talk about it on the search, but they don't really tell you what really happened behind the scene. If you get an S-Corp prematurely, and you figure out, like, okay, this ain't working for me. I'm spending too much money. And you have to cancel that election. It's possible the IRS will not allow you to go S-Corp again for another five years. Oh, so, exactly. They, they don't tell you that on Instagram, they, guys. They not tell you that. That's <laughs> why I say don't do it until you know. Yes. At least if you can project for five years, I'm going to be here. Now let's talk okay. these numbers because there's a lot of things we can do in that. Cause I don't want you to get started and then be like, Oh, it ain't working. It's costing me too much money. And now you opt out and the IRS says, well, you can't do it again for another five years. Right. Yeah. And so then when within that five years you start making the money and now you have to pay this high tax because yeah. you prematurely did something in the beginning. Right, so that's why I say uh, the the planning is important. Choose the hundred thousand 
not the LLC, because when you choose the hundred thousand, you you move differently. You're planning. You can sit up here and say, "Is this going to be attainable? Is this, is this going to be maintainable for the next five years?" Right. So That's attain good. and maintain is the two things we want. But when we have that in mind, we work towards that. We can see. We look at the numbers. We look at the big pictures. Like, yeah, okay, I made it this year. Why? Mm. How? Can I do that next year? What worked in my business? What didn't? Being able to make those moves, but understanding that, like I say, when you have a goal of a hundred thousand, it's a different mentality. Yeah. Same as somebody who's dating to marry versus somebody who's dating to have a one night encounter. Did you have people's businesses and their relationships right now? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right. So still, still talking about small businesses, people's businesses. What are some like? Moving on to like taxes, because that, that's your thing. Okay. Yeah, As the name implies, self-employed <laughs> tax guy. Yes, sir. What are some common uh, tax mistakes that you see small businesses making? Maybe it comes to your desk and you're like, oh, why'd you do that? B- besides the LLC now. <laughs> <laughs> LLC would be the first one. Uh, man, the biggest thing is not tracking. Ooh. Not tracking. Okay. Oh, my goodness. If if I had to really sit up here and, and, and talk to the audience to say, please track Everything, like uh-huh. everything, like keep all my receipts in a shoebox type of thing, or you know, like- if, if if that would work for you, I'm gonna say do it, even though I don't like it. But <laughs> it's better than not doing nothing. Okay. But keeping track is probably one of the biggest reasons small business pay more in taxes and Ooh. lose money is because they don't track. So people are losing money because they're not tracking. Right, right. Okay. Like I have a. Uh, like I like I wrote an ebook. I guess that's a shameless plug, right? Called this, this is the place to plug it. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's called Protect Your Profits, and and the idea is because I see people all day at the tax desk guessing, oh. right? When they come at the tax desk, they're like, "Well, how much did you spend?" Uh, maybe around, and I'm like, "How do you oh, not know?" Yeah, right? Yeah. Or they'll be like, "It's the same as last year," and I'm like, "That." No, it don't work like that. And what happens is because we're not tracking, we're losing out. Because I'll be honest, like I, we are as humans, we forget. Yeah, oh, you yeah. know, we forget. Like I, I don't even know what I ate last week. Like. Man, I be sometime I find a receipt in my car. Well, this is before I'm, I'm better now, y'all. Because <laughs> I will find a receipt, and I'm like, man, what, what was this? I don't even remember. So what we do because we don't remember, we toss it. Yeah. But now that was an expense you just couldn't write off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we don't we forget. They're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to spend money on that. Mm. Right. So tracking is probably especially when it comes to small business. And it's not just for purposes of taxes. Mm-hmm. It's for purposes of growth and scaling, because mm-hmm. how can you know what worked in your business and what didn't work in your business if you're not tracking? Yes. For example, shirts. Right. You may like I have a, a design. Let's say. This design I'm selling, and I have another design that's not. If I'm still spending money on a design that's not selling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I get to write that I've off of my that. taxes. <laughs> you know, but now I'm like, I'm, I'm wasting money because right. we're not tracking. You know, uh, miles. A lot of people do not track. I don't know why. I don't Why y'all don't track y'all miles? I don't get why. <laughs> Mile, like if you drive... And a lot of entrepreneurs do. They drive to pick up supplies. Mm-hmm. They drive to, like, if, if you have a shirt business, right? Think about that. You're going to pick up your vinyl, going to pick up your transfers. You're going to the post office to drop off to mail to the customers. You're running around getting the shirt. You're doing a lot of driving. But nobody's tracking that. And that is one of the biggest free expenses you mm. can do. Because yeah. the IRS gives you a certain amount percent per mile that you drive as a deduction. And you're driving anyways. And you're driving anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not track it? But people don't track. So I, I, I get these ads on Instagram a lot. And I don't know how they found me. They found me. They got me. They, <laughs> but I, I get a lot of ads for tracking apps. Do you recommend that? I do. Oh, if, okay, you're good, not, good, good. if you're not disciplined to really um, write down mm-hmm. everything, because the IRS, you can go on irs.gov type in mileage they'll give you a like a a, like a little sheet that you can print out and you can just write down Mm -hmm. the three things they want to know the date 
They want to know uh, the starting location. Well, let me not say starting location, but the beginning mileage. So you would look at your odometer and say, okay, this is my odometer reading at the start of this trip. When you arrive, you would say, this is my odometer reading when I arrived. Mm -hmm. And then they want to know the purpose, right? So date, odometer readings, purpose. That's the only thing you need to know. Because mm -hmm. what the, the difference between the beginning and the start, that's the total miles, right? So now we have a number. And then we have substantiation. So if the IRS ever wanted to see, like, okay, here's my log, right? Mm -hmm. But apps help with that. Yeah. Like they automatically connect to your GPS. Like Mile IQ is one, um, a, a good one. I do believe it's like 60 bucks for the year. That's deductible because it's for business purposes. Oh, it is deductible. But you just simply, when you go on there, uh, you can swipe left for business, right for personal. At the end of the year, you have a you have a report. You know, so I definitely recommend if you're not disciplined to write it down, get an app. Mm -hmm. But that's why technology today makes things so much simpler. We just have to use it. Yeah. Now, speaking of writing things off, what are some like really common write offs? And if you don't mind, like for like T-shirt businesses or like, you know, sublimation, like coffee mugs, like because I know you, you're your knowledge. You have a pretty good knowledge of our industry <laughs> yeah, and a lot of yeah. like small businesses. So like specific to like garment decoration, like what do you think are like some common uh, write-offs or, or tax deductions that I people would say should be considering? Should be considering one, obviously your machinery, oh, right? But I want people yeah. to understand and I'm glad you, you asked that in the garment decorating industry, there's three things Well, there's three categories, right? You want to understand what's equipment, mm -hmm. what supplies and what is inventory. Because mm. each one is treated differently for tax purposes. Okay. Equipment, we depreciate, right? Supplies, we write off. Inventory, we put as cost of goods sold, <laughs> which I think when I deal with you in the garment decorator, the cost of goods sold, they're like, what's that? And I'm like, yeah. oh. I feel like I'm in class right now. I want to raise my hand. <laughs> so when you say we depreciate equipment, you don't take the full value up front or you depreciate over time? Yeah, when we talked about forecasting, mm -hmm. that's why I say have a conversation with a oh, professional. Geez, because geez, think geez. about it. When you're just starting, you may not want to take the full value in the first year. Because oh, with, yeah. with depreciation, you can. With uh, Section 179 and bonus depreciation, you could probably write uh, a machine off in the first year. But what if we don't really have a lot of money in the first year? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So let's just take some of the depreciation now and spread the rest of this expense over the next year, for example, let's just say we get a heat press machine. You know, heat press machine, we consider that equipment, seven-year depreciation. You can take that cost and spread it over seven years. So as you go into your future business and you're making money, you don't have to worry about, oh, I need something to write off. Mm -hmm. Well, remember that machine you bought seven years ago? It's still being written off or written off now yeah. as opposed to, oh, we wrote it off on the first year. Now we ain't got nothing. But that's where projecting comes in at, right? Forecasting. Well, what do we there think we go. we're going to do? Man. So now, but to me, that's that's the, the the strategy of a successful business owner. Not being excited to do yeah. that. I'm going to write all this off because they said I can. Yeah. Geez. Yeah, you can. But what about next year? Mm -hmm. You don't plan on being broke. I hope not. Yeah. yeah. Right? So if you plan on making money, then let's be smart about it. Let's be strategic. Yeah. You have a really... Really interesting guarantee uh, on on your on your site, lowest refund. Yeah, guarantee. lowest so, refund guarantee. Dude, okay. When I first saw that, I thought <laughs> it's just a gimmick. This guy, I caught him. I caught him. No. But I got you, bro. And no. then I read it, and I was like, Oh, this dude. Yeah. He gets it. Yeah. Can you explain what your lowest? The like, lowest refund guarantee yeah. is just that. Like people look at refunds as a big thing, and getting a low refund is a bad thing. But from a business owner's perspective, yes. right. If you getting a refund as a business owner, that simply means that you overpaid, that you was not paying attention to your finances. You didn't keep your books because you gave them an excess amount of money. And at the end of the year, they simply gave it back. That's what a refund represents as a business owner. Yeah. And we think about that. If you have a vendor that sent you a bill for $1,000 and you sent them $2,000, and the vendor just held on to it to the end of the year. Oh, yeah, you gave me extra money. What, what, what does that say about you and your financial situation? Yeah. Right? Like, you're you like, know. man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't paying attention. That's the $1,000 I could have used for more inventory. Yeah. $1,000 I could have used for more marketing. So my, re, my lowest refund guarantee is I want to sit down with you, and we're going to look at the numbers because I want to make sure that you are 
I'm gonna say in swing of a hundred bucks. Like you don't want to owe them no more than a hundred. You don't want them owing you no more than a hundred because that means you kept your money. Yeah. To do for you and your business throughout the year. It didn't go to the government because what they gonna do with it? Yeah. They gonna invest <laughs> it. They gonna spend it. Yeah. They gonna send it to war. They gonna do all kind of things with your money. Yeah. Which you can do things to increase your money yeah. with it. So my goal is to get you to the lowest refund possible because if you have a refund, think about it. If you have a refund of zero, you did everything right. Nice. Yeah. You paid them just what you were supposed to pay them. Why? Because you was tracking throughout the year. We we had everything. We understood our income, we understood our expenses, we paid our taxes quarterly, mm-hmm. right? So at the end of the year be like Cool, check the box, everything matches, done. Yeah. We good. That means you did. When you get to a zero refund, you are financially astute. Nice. Yeah. I do it. I love it, man. That That's so good. We used to joke around and be like, you know, because, you know, tax season comes around. This is when we're young, like 18, 19, like we all yeah. just barely had jobs and stuff, right? And then, like, we would we would joke around like, hey, like, to, especially with, like to, to our friends, like the girls. Like, hey, don't date any guys who, like, get a fat refund. It's just broke. <laughs> but that's not a joke. It is yeah. not a joke. I mean, I hate to say it, but getting a refund means that you're in a certain economic class. Yeah. It means you didn't make a lot of money. Really? Because, think, well, if you go over a certain amount, your refund disappears. So that technically means that you're in a certain economic class in order to get a refund. But- it's a mentality because people will want to stay in that economic class for purpose of a refund. Right. And I'm so against that. For, for a one time a year. Right. Well, yeah. And I think about like if the goal is money, some people get excited over a $10,000 refund. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But to get a $10,000 refund, you have to make, let's just say $24,000. So if you add your $24,000 plus your $10,000 refund, that's $35,000 for the year. But I've had people quit $40,000 paying jobs because they wanted to get that huge refund. And that's what, yeah, man, it hurt. That hurt. That hurt. I recently, and I posted about this on my Instagram, I had a client who made $6,000 more. His refund went down $1,000, but was upset because his refund went down. I'm like, well, but, but you made more. I said, even if you take the $1,000 uh, uh, refund that you got less and you put it back with the 6000 you made, you still came out on top 5000 Yeah. But, yeah. He, but he was like, oh, man, I ain't going to work that much no more. I knew I shouldn't have worked that much overtime. And I'm like, but you made more. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's unfortunately when we see them big numbers, we get excited. We think it's something. Uh, and unfortunately, it is a detriment yeah. to us, unfortunately. So, yeah, no, if you're working with me, I, I'm happy to accept you, but I'm guaranteeing the lowest refund possible because my goal is to make you so much money that you don't even worry about taxes. That's the goal. There we go. That's the goal. All right. So this one's uh, this one's from me. All right. <laughs> I was going to say like, oh, somebody here asked, but no, nah, this one's from me. So and then people, people, actually viewers of the podcast, they, they know like 2022 really sucked for me for my for my side business. OK. For like. As far as life is concerned, it was great. Had a new baby, all that oh, stuff, right? Congratulations. Yeah. But like basically once my wife got pregnant, like I just like psh, I, I I put the brakes on my side business. Okay. So I can focus here. Obviously, this is my day job, right? This is where right. I work. And then you know, obviously focus on my wife, right? So twenty twenty two was for for a side hustle standpoint, was terrible for me. Okay. I ended up and and you you were just talking about like, oh, don't just remember like tracking. I, I didn't right. do a good job tracking it. But so I ended up grossing somewhere close to a thousand and netting somewhere closer to like five hundred, roughly, right? Okay. But I do remember that my net was less than six hundred bucks. Okay. So you tell me if I'm going to jail or not. <laughs> so when I filed my taxes for 2022, I didn't claim the side income because I know. And and here's the thing: I didn't even. I should have even just googled it. Like. I know that you have to report income over $600, if I believe, if I'm right. No, all income. I had heard somewhere. I was misinformed <laughs> that, you, that that income over $600 gets reported. Otherwise, it's like, whatever, right? Nobody cares. So I didn't report the income, which okay. was closer to, I would say it was like the closer to $900 range. Okay. Netted under six, gross closer to nine. 
am I going to jail? Well, first I'm saying you ain't going to jail. Okay. I will say you're not going to jail. Babe, we're good. <laughs> not going to jail. I will say you're not going to jail. However, depending on how it was reported, the IRS may send you a letter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because here is, uh, which is a great question, by the way, and I think this this pertains to a lot of business owners about that that $600. Like that, that number, $600, is definitely burning to the minds of a lot of entrepreneurs. But the $600 threshold is for when you're paying somebody mm-hmm. not okay. necessarily what you're earning Ooh, yourself okay that's when you pay somebody six hundred dollars or more then you have to report that income on a 1099 nec mm-hmm. right um versus if you pay somebody a hundred dollars you don't have to report that okay is it 600 total for the year or 600 per transaction 600 total for the year oh so if yeah. i so if i have a vendor that i use and i pay them 100 bucks every two months 600 in the year i got a 1099 then correct well oh. now so let me let me state this so okay. when you say vendor are they independent contractor or are they corporation because like for example if you go to home depot oh okay 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 you're not gonna issue home depot a 1099 got it no right? i pay like i pay somebody to to do uh like to do social media stuff. Yeah, photos. yeah. So if they're working as an independent oh, contractor, okay. then yes, you would definitely oh, issue man. them a 1099. Also, the $600 threshold comes into play. Um, well, no, that's $400. So if you're self-employed and you net $400, well, then you're not subject to self-employment tax. You still have to report the income. You're just not subject to self-employment tax because it was a low amount. Mm-hmm. So in summary, mm-hmm. all income is reportable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but you ain't going to jail. Everybody going to jail if you jail. didn't. Okay, okay. You ain't going to jail if you didn't, unless you really like didn't report a couple of million. <laughs> yeah, you know, then, but for the I'm most part. I'm MC no. Hammer, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, definitely report all the income, like I said, depending on how it was reported. Because mm-hmm. think the, 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 the rule of thumb is if somebody wrote it off, somebody has to claim it as income. So if those those vendors or whoever you was transacting with wrote off that they paid you a certain amount of dollars, then the IRS is like, okay, well, did he claim it? Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, and if okay, they, okay, okay, okay. And when they do the reconciliation, if the numbers don't match, then they'll send you a letter saying, hey, and again, don't freak out. Yeah. When you get a letter from the IRS, it's not meaning that they're about to come arrest you. They're about to raid your house. It's very simply to say, hey, you reported this. We received this. There's a mismatch. Let us know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's 90% of the letters you get from the IRS. But people look like, oh, I got a letter. I don't, oh, I'm just throwing it in the trash and hope it go away. Yeah, yeah, no. Just open it up. Trust me. A lot of times they just want information. So, got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, it looks like a. Gotta go do some. What'd you call it? An amendment. An amendment, right? Go, you can always say it. And think of, I mean, I'm saying this too, though, because depending on the situation, that $500 could have put you in a range to where it benefited you even more. Mm. Because a lot of the credits that we deal with is based off income, right? So it's like a, a, a bell curve. Mm-hmm. If you start here at the bottom, if your income is like at the bottom range, then the credit will be small. But if you add income to it and it puts you at that perfect range, then the credit goes high. Okay. So, okay. so it's possible that extra income could have actually increased your refund, like it may be small, like recently, and I got these stories today because they literally just be happening. How the customer she like, oh, I forgot, my, I forgot to give you this extra W two. I'm gonna give it to you because I only worked like a day at the job, and I'm like, give it to me. Mm-hmm. One, you don't want no letters from the IRS. Yeah. Two, let's see what it may do to your to, to your uh, uh, refund, right? And so put it in there. Guess what? Refund went up eighty nine bucks. There we go. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, see, yeah, it was only to your benefit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, I say always report everything. Report everything. Report everything. Report everything. Report everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, dude, Tyrone, seriously, this has been, I feel so valuable for me as a small business owner, as a, as a fellow serial entrepreneur. Absolutely. Uh, and so I really know that our viewers are just really, I hope everybody takes this in. I hope you guys are pausing and and googling whatever you, the the terms you're seeing or hearing yeah, uh, right. in this podcast. Um, but dude, before we let you go, where can people find you online? Where can they get your content? And you now you're a taxpayer. Are you California only? Or? No. Well, by me being an enrolled agent, uh, I'm actually licensed to practice in all fifty states. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I have clients in New York, Texas, Florida, the Valley. Yeah, I have all over. You know, technology today, man. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, yeah. well, uh, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, yeah, really, they can find me at theselfemployedtaxguide.com. That's my website. Uh, obviously, YouTube, the mm-hmm. same, the self-employed tax guy. If you ever want to get all the free information, LLCs, DBAs, um, S-Corps, what not to do, what to do, you can find all that free content there. For tax preparation, like if you're, if you're in search of it, it's a long one, but it is the theselfemployedtaxcompany.com. You can find me there. Yeah. Same handle. Selfemployedtaxguy.com is me, the company, the selfemployedtaxcompany.com. That's a tax company. And all my social media is at the Self-Employed Tax Guy for Instagram, Facebook. Uh, what other ones are out there? Twitter, I think. Yeah. yeah. You do TikTok? TikTok. Yeah. Okay, forgot about okay. that. TikTok. Yep. The Self-Employed yeah. Tax Guy. You find me there. Yep. I don't dance a lot, though, because I... <laughs> oh, dude. <no>. Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't want to see me dance. <laughs> exactly. Dude, Bro. man, it's been an absolute pleasure. I sincerely want to thank you for taking the time braving the storm, this legendary California storm that everybody's. Oh, yeah, we California. Ain't nobody going to stop us. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. For everybody watching, this has been Customizing Culture, the Heat Press Nation podcast. Again, I'm your host, Jared Barbosa, and today I've been joined by the self employed tax guy himself, Tyrone Gregory. Again, thank you, man.